0: Wishing everyone a happy and blessed Easter morning. Shall we humble our hearts in a word of prayer? Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for this reason that we celebrate this time of year. We thank you that you, in your grace and love and mercy towards mankind, sent us That Savior, we ask this morning that you could renew that message in our hearts, that your spirit would be here and open our hearts and open this word, and that it would refresh us and bring anew that message of what Christ has accomplished for us. We thank you that we can have this time to gather around your word, We thank you for that fellowship that you have privileged us with. We ask that you would be so gracious as to bless us that we could continue to do it in openness and freedom. And we ask that, even in that, that you would give us wisdom and hearts to wisely use those blessings. We ask that you would lead and guide our nation's that you would give us leaders that would walk according to your will, and that you would give us hearts to understand that you are leading and guiding and in charge of all things. We ask that you would be with all those this morning who, for whatever reason, are unable to gather with others, gather with Christians around your word, and to Fellowship and rejoice in what Christ has accomplished. We ask that you would be with them, refresh them, renew that faith. We ask these things in Jesus' name, who's taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. May we be greeted this morning with those greetings of grace and mercy and peace from God our Heavenly Father, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know why it is. It's a. I guess it's just how we are. There's no... I don't think there's any wrong time necessarily to take an Easter what we would consider Easter, Christmas texts, and yet we seem maybe rightly to focus on them at those times of year. And I'm sure we have all heard them. And sometimes you can feel like, well, there's nothing new. And there isn't anything new. But I believe that God knows what forgetful beings we are and it is why in some ways if we go through this word it is seems so often it is just repeating the same messages over and over again. And it is because God knows what we are. And as I said in my prayer I would ask I mean for your prayers but also that that message could be refreshed and renewed in each of our hearts and our minds. It is, I guess, the essence of what God has done for us. We commemorate and we know at Christmas time the story of that promise fulfilled that He would send that Christ child, send that Savior, and it happened. And yet, we read now, or we remember this time of year, the fulfillment of that promise. Yes, Jesus came as that baby in a manger, and as we know God, it, it was something that was a sure fact that what we remember at Easter time was going to happen. And in that, we can also take comfort in the fact that it happened. And all the rest of the promises that are in the word of God, they are just as sure. And they will happen if they haven't already. And even that promise that each of us, I would hope, would have the knowledge of in our heart, that what Jesus did on the cross it was for me. And if we believe that and put our faith in that that heaven is ours. It isn't something that we just perhaps will get there or perhaps is there. It is a sure and done deal. Because the Spirit of God will come and dwell in that heart. And this morning, and even I will turn to the 24th chapter of Luke,
1: and it is a very
0: long text that I will read. It kind of goes all the way through the resurrection and sort of through that first day. We will look into it as... God opens but it, it tells us many things that I think in some ways we almost think that perhaps it is just tradition and in a way it, it sort of becomes that but there are also reasons and happenings in the Bible that cause us to do those things and I hope that we can look at it and understand that this faith that we have in what Christ has done, and what God sent him to do, and and what God orchestrated for us, individually, and as humans, and as all of mankind, it is a fact, and it is sure, and it is something that we can put our trust in at all times. So with those thoughts, I'll read this 24th chapter of Luke, reading in Jesus' name. Now upon the first day of the week, er, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre. And they entered in, and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and returned from the sepulchre, and told all these things unto the eleven, and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles, and their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter, and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas answered, said, Answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God, and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him, but we trusted that it had been he Which should have redeemed Israel, and beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre, and found it even so, as the women had said. But he they saw not. And the day is far spent, and he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, and blessed it, and brake, and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up that same hour, and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way, and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. And as they thus spake Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that he had seen a, that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled and why do ye thoughts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy, and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and an honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These these are the words which I spake unto you. While I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved, Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and lifted up his hands, and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them, and carried up into heaven. heaven. And they worshipped him, and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. I said this is a long text, and it tells of what we remember today at Easter, that Jesus did rise from the dead. We know that he was killed on the cross, and he was there, and if we look at it, that was Friday, and it is why we very often have celebration on Good Friday, it's a a strange thing in a way if we look at it and I'm sure even as these two disciples that were walking here to Emmaus, I'm sure for them and at that time it did not seem in any way a a good Friday and yet with the benefit of the happenings that we read about today. We as Christians, and it has become what it is called traditionally, and we understand that it was good because it was accomplishing for us the payment for our sin. And we understand that that is what it was that happened when Adam and Eve fell into sin that became the wedge that was a problem between God and man. And God in his love for us and his wisdom or foreknowledge of what man would be, he set up, ordained, orchestrated that all this would be accomplished. And it is beyond my comprehension and yet it is what the word says. We know that in the Old Testament they sacrificed sheep and goats and lambs and um, pigeons as payment for sin. But the Bible tells us that it it did not cover that sin, and and it was an ongoing thing, and it, it really pointed to Christ. And yet Christ, because he came as a man, he looked just the same as one of us, and yet he was God, and so he was perfect. And in his perfection he was able to accomplish what we were un- we were, are unable to do. Walk in complete righteousness, perfect before God and as it tells us here even in our text and tells us in many places that these things were done that all the scriptures would be fulfilled. And I have read in the Old Testament and I'm sure many of us have many of the prophecies of Christ his coming, his death what he would teach and we understand that they were fulfilled when he was on the cross he said it is done. Those things were all accomplished. And yet I'm sure there's much of it that I don't understand and and I think it would be I sometimes I don't know how to say it but I, I would almost like to put myself in the place of one of these two men walking with him where it says that beginning with Moses and all the prophets he expounded unto them all the scriptures concerning himself. It must have been a very interesting thing to have Christ explaining all those things and how they pointed to him. And it... Obviously, was because they'd say that did they're not their hearts burn within them, and I'm sure we understand to some extent what it was because there have been times where I have, and I'm sure we have, where we read things in the Old Testament and the Spirit reveals that to us, and we realize that is speaking of Christ, and that is pointing to my salvation. It says, now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulchre. And I believe that it is even this reason. Because Christ rose. and, And we know that the Bible tells us we are to rest on the seventh day. But the seventh day of the week, if we look at it technically, is Saturday. And I don't think there's we can read in... Corinthians there, and Paul makes it very clear that God made these days for men, it isn't man doing it for God. And God understands that it is good for us to have a day of rest, to have a day where we would take the time, because it is so easy, and especially in the world that we live in today, there is so much going on and so much more opportunity for our minds to get distracted with an unlimited number of things besides God. And so to make it a point, and God knew that what we were and he knew that it was good for us to have, that we would make a point to take a break. And it doesn't just say that we are to not rest on the Sabbath day. It says to keep the Sabbath day holy. And in many ways there's a big difference in those two things. But I believe it is because of this that Jesus rose and we celebrate it. This Sunday is uh, the first day of the week. And yet... In the Christian era, it has been how it has happened that we've changed it to the day where we gather, where we fellowship, and where we would lay aside, hopefully, all or many of those burdens of day-to-day life. And focus on those matters that are more important, matters of eternity and salvation, matters of the heart and the good of our souls. In another gospel here, it tells us that these women, here it mentions that they bring spices. It tells us in one of the other gospels that they had actually prepared them on the Friday, and then just, there was the Sabbath day, and it was told that they weren't to work or do things. And so, when it says that they had prepared and, and So obviously, it was something, and this is strictly natural, if I say, but perhaps it is one of the things that I struggle with, is patience. And I put myself in the place of these women, and with the importance, and I guess, I don't know what word to use, but bigness of what was happening there, I would think it would have been difficult to have prepared to go and, and anoint the body of Christ and then to sit and wait for a full day before you would do it. And yet it is how God laid it out. And I believe that it was laid out so that when they came there, he would, the, the natural body that had died would be risen again. Because it is what and how it is. So then they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why, are ye, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. We see that they were the same as us. Jesus had told them these things. And yet, even these two disciples walking there to Emmaus and and we know from reading in other places, the other disciples, well, even here it says, it says that these women, when they came back and they told them, it seemed to them as idle tales. They were every bit as human as we are. And we need to be reminded of what the Word of God says. And reading the Word of God, and being in it and focused on it, and taking time to meditate and study in it, it doesn't make us Christians. It doesn't... That isn't what it is that makes you a Christian. It is faith in Christ. But I would hope that God would put it on each of our hearts that it would, we would find importance in this word of God. Because it does remind us, and it does reaffirm those things, and we read this stuff and the word of, or the spirit of God can bring this word to us and bring us assurance and bring us ability to stand up to things that the devil would bring against us or the world or even our own flesh. And I know there's times where I will look and read something that's like, obviously I've read that before, but it had totally slipped my mind. And yet, It is so pertinent to what I am dealing with right this moment. And we see the truth of when God's word tells us that he knows our hearts, that that spirit knows our hearts. And it brings to our remembrance those things that Christ has told us. It tells us even the names of these women here, that Mary Magdalene and Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and I don't know, maybe somebody else knows, I was going to try to figure it out just for curiosity, but it says, and I don't know if this is Mary, and I would have thought it says the mother of Jesus, and yet maybe for some reason they use James when Luke wrote this because there was James, the brother of Jesus. So I don't know whether it was um, Jesus' mother or some other Mary because there was several of them, three or four different ones that were all Mary. And it tells us that then they went, and so there was at least three of them, and they went and told the apostles, and yet, as I already mentioned, what they said, they seemed just like Stories, idle tales, uses the word. But there was enough there that Peter, and we know in another place that it tells us that John also, and the two of them went to check out if what these women were saying was so. And it is something we talked the other night in Bible study, and I asked the question of, the difference between Judas and Peter. And and yes, we understand that Judas (coughs) betrayed him and Peter denied him. And neither one was right. And yet, here we are, it is only the third day and early in the morning of the third day of when Jesus had died. I don't know what that makes it, but perhaps just three days, more or less, From when Peter denied Christ and when Judas had betrayed him. And yet, we see that there was something that was different about the heart of Peter. He is already back and in the midst of the apostles. We see that there was in the heart of Peter that understanding, that desire, that wisdom that is given to God to know what to do and where to go when you're struggling with your failures. And I would hope that all of us would have that in our hearts because I don't care who we are. We're human. We're, we're no better than Peter. We might have different problems than Peter had, but we're going to have problems and we're going to have failures. And they might be just as big as Peter's of denying Christ. And I would hope that it would be every bit as on, on our heart as it was on Peter's what to do with our failures. That we would bring them into those circles of where Christ is. And in one way, we can say that while Christ wasn't there yet, he was doing whatever. And, and that is beyond me, that time between when he arose and when he come back. But we understand that it was matters that are above us. That he arose and was seen of God and approved of and, and deemed righteous that we could be deemed the same thing. <clears throat> but we see that even Jesus went, and if we look at it that way, he went to the or it was important enough to him to go and appear to those two men walking on the road to Emmaus there that their hearts would be turned and they would return back and be there with those disciples when he appeared there in the midst of them. Jesus, Jesus cares about us. He would desire that... And I don't know what it is, and now I'm kind of going down a rabbit trail. But I've seen people do it, and I have felt it very strongly in my own heart. And I don't know whether it's the devil, whether it's my own flesh. But I'll have a circumstance that's very troubling. Is something that perhaps I'm struggling with big. And it's Sunday morning... And my heart's it's like, uh, I don't feel up to going to church. I don't want to deal with that. It's, I think, what the devil would desire. That there would be division, however he can accomplish it. When we look at here, they were gathered, and it tells us in the one um, gospel that they were fearful of the Jews. And understandably so, here they are in Jerusalem, and we understand that there was a great uproar. These apostles, they even mentioned that. And the one who was their leader, he had been crucified on the cross, and they had had high hopes for what he was going to do. They didn't understand it, obviously, and that he was accomplishing much more than they were thinking, but they were worried. and I don't know if the Bible does not tell us exactly the two reasons or the reason that these two men were walking to Emmaus. Maybe it was so that they could get a little bit out of the situation because they were worried about what might happen. But Jesus knew, and He knows with each of us, and I would hope. That if we're in a situation where we're feeling like, I don't feel like dealing with going to church this morning. Because of whatever is happening. That the Spirit of God could impress it on our hearts. That we could understand there is no better place for our undying soul, and that is what is most important in us, and to be where there is fellowship around the word of God. And it doesn't have to be a large group. It says where two or three are gathered. And perhaps there are times where it is too much for us. God doesn't leave us. But I think it is good to make it important. That we would take the time. To fellowship. And not just about the worldly matters but about matters of eternity matters of God and faith and the love that he has for us and we understand or I hope we understand even as we read this happenings at Easter that we look into and realize that All these things God did because he loved mankind. There can be, and we can elaborate on that root word, and we can talk because he is merciful and gracious, and this is all true. But I believe that all those things can be covered saying that God loves us. And we often hear quoted that um, John 3.16, that God so loved the world. And it is true. And saying it doesn't make it any less true, but I think oftentimes people quote those th- that verse and the rest of it. And it is said, and people perhaps hear it, and because we are so human, The fullness of what that means is lost oftentimes and even me as a Christian I can hear it. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But I would hope that God could remind us at times and put it on our heart the fullness of what it was when it says God so loved us. God loved us, it caused that love caused action. And I hope in our lives that if there is someone who we love, we say we love, and and hopefully we do, and not just with a natural love, but that we would love them enough that it would move our hearts for whatever it is that God would have us do for that individual, that group perhaps, And perhaps it is only that we can pray for them. And when I say that, it's an interesting thing, and I'm sure you all understand that. I have come to where I hear people say, well, at least you can pray. And it has honestly come to bother me, because that is, first and foremost, the first thing we should do. That is the most useful thing we can do. But we are so human and we're so into what we can see and touch and do that it feels like, well, if we pray for them but if we go there and then, whatever. Give them a meal, we're doing so much more. And if we go there and clean their house, perhaps we're doing even more even if we forgot to pray. No. We have been given that privilege that we have The most direct connection that there is absolutely possible with the one that not only made us, made this universe, controls it, allows it, puts the boundaries on whatever happens in it. And yes, he allows a lot to happen in there that in between those boundaries that are beyond my understanding, but he still is very much in control. And He has the abilities we can read in the Word to do whatever. We can turn to places in the Bible, and there's quite a number of them, where it says, in various ways, with God all things are possible. There's nothing that is not possible with God. And we look at situations and think, well, why doesn't He fix that one? Or why doesn't He change this thing? I don't know. And part of that is, I hope, instead of just being frustrated with it, with, which is what often happens in my head, that I could take that and when I say, well, why doesn't God do that? It would make my thoughts go to understanding how much above my thinking his is and how much of a broader perspective and bigger picture he understands and knows than, than I do. Even if I think that I'm looking at the big picture. And we have that privilege in prayer. Of sharing. Whatever it is that is on our heart or mind. Our cares, our concerns, our desires with God. And then we have the privilege of knowing. Knowing. Because the word of God tells us that it doesn't matter. We can share it. Jesus shared that he was struggling with that bitterness of that cup of being crucified and carrying the sins of mankind. I don't think there's anything close to that that we would be sharing with God. It might feel because we're so human that it's a pretty big thing but compared to that it's not much we can share that and we can do even as Jesus did say thy will be done and I hope that none of us have heard people say that well that's just an out it's just your way of if God doesn't answer you well you're getting an out no it's not Or I hope it's never is. It's acknowledging that I am a human and you are God. And this is what I see. But please do what is best in this situation. For me and for whatever. The person that I'm praying for. Because God knows and he cares. And even in my life it is... He is gracious enough there are times when very quickly sometimes I've seen the answer to prayer. And thanks to God, he does that. So we can trust that, yes, he does hear me. Because the devil, for me anyway, is very quick to bring that thought. If there's something, a bad situation, and I pray about it and nothing seems to happen. It just seems to go on and on and on and on. The devil's like, well, there you go. God doesn't even... He isn't listening to you. He doesn't even hear you. No, God hears us. But he also sees way more than I do and understands that this needs to happen in his time, not mine. And as I already mentioned, it tells about these two men that are walking to Emmaus. And they were talking about, obviously, the things that were, had happened, the things that were important on their hearts as they were going along. And they were wondering about what it was that was really happening because Jesus had been killed and that was probably the furthest thing from what they thought would, (coughs) excuse me, happen with him. and here we see an example as I already mentioned of the love of God for his children there were these two men struggling obviously with what had happened to Jesus and for whatever reason the Bible doesn't tell us and we could speculate probably any number of things they decided that they would go to Emmaus instead of staying there Jesus comes to them and he doesn't tell him, get back to Jerusalem. He walks with him. And I think if we look at our lives, we can see, as we go through life, even sometimes if we are on a path that is perhaps not the one that God would want us to be, he will go with us there and share of himself. That's what Jesus did here. And he asked them this question that, it says that, um, it says, what matter of communication are these that you have one with another as you walk? And why are you sad? It isn't that Jesus didn't know what was going on. Obviously, he did. He knew what was in their hearts. Then he asked, the, they say, well, don't you know what's happened in Jerusalem? And he says, what happened in Jerusalem? It isn't that Jesus didn't know that. There are things in our life where I think he does in much the same way. He'll come and walk with us and ask us, what are you doing? You know, what's going on here? And it isn't that he doesn't know. And it isn't that we perhaps, that we don't know. Perhaps sometimes we don't. But in taking and elaborating or Not elaborating, but in taking it and meditating on those things and considering them. And even here, (coughs) I think in this case, Jesus himself came and walked with them. But I think there's times in our life where God uses one of his children to come in this place. Or perhaps uses us in someone else's life in this place. And perhaps it gives us insight in how we are to deal with someone or how we are to go and help someone if they are struggling with something. Perhaps we know exactly what's going on in their life or to a large extent. And we are concerned and see that they are struggling. And if we go there and start saying, Now what on earth are you doing? Get back over there where you belong. Probably not going to go very good. Even, I have to admit, it's probably not a good thing, but if that was me, even if I knew they were totally right, I would have a tough time knuckling under and doing it, just because I'm going to be honoring. It's not how we should be, but it's how we are. And I would pray, and I guess I can trust because this happened, that there's someone's coming, they have In much the same manner. And I think it gives us insight into how to deal with these things. Go and walk with someone on their path a little bit. Ask them to share what it is. They probably have a pretty good idea of what the problem is. These guys knew what had happened in Jerusalem. But in sharing with Jesus... It was brought to their mind and maybe even clarified. And I think perhaps we've experienced those things. We're just sharing with someone, it clarifies in our mind what exactly it is that we're dealing with. They tell that they trusted that He would come and He would redeem Israel. And obviously, they were looking at a natural kingdom. They were not yet to where they understood that He did redeem Israel. And not just natural Israel, but the spiritual Israel for even to us today. And he's, (coughs) excuse me. And he set up his kingdom then, and it's still here today. It is not, as he said, a natural kingdom. It's a spiritual one that dwells in the heart, and it is here. It's set up. And as children of God, we are living in it, in spite of being in this natural world. They say that there was these women that went and saw him, and they didn't find the body. And me or us looking at these things, and we have obviously the benefit of history and looking at them, we weren't right there, and we can kind of think, as Jesus said, slow of heart to believe. I don't think we're any different. We are slow to believe those things of eternity, and it is only Jesus then, he said that, and then, as it said, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So there these two men had Jesus himself going through all those things prophecies in the Old Testament and pointing them out that this is speaking of me, he's saying. And yes, it says their hearts, they admitted or say that their hearts burned within them. And yet, what was it? And they told even the apostles when they went back, what was it that opened their eyes to Christ? It says, And they came to pass, as he sat with meat with him, he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened. Someone can study this word of God. They can look at it. They can know it. They can be very intelligent and have lots of it in their hearts and minds. But until the Spirit of God, until Christ breaks it open and reveals it to them, their eyes can be completely closed to what is being accomplished by Christ that's recorded for us in the Bible. And I believe the very simplest thing, and I believe that we're encouraged to do that, and that we are to do that even as Jesus, and we call it the Great Commission, where he says at the end of this chapter that repentance and remission of sins (coughs) could be preached. Throughout the world. But where for each of us. Has that repentance and remission of sins. Been most close to us. It's for our own hearts. And if there is nothing else. That we can share with someone. I would hope that we could share. And putting it in simple cliche terms. But share what Christ has done for me. Because we know about that. We know about what he has done in our hearts. We know about how he has carried us. We know what he has done with our sin. And it tells us in James that we are to be quick to share those things. Of the hope that lies within us. And that hope is salvation through Christ. And then to share Why? Because of what he has done that is recorded for us in the Bible, that is mine to take from me. And we see the other thing here in all this Jesus came, he walked with them, he talked with them, he shared the scripture with them, and yet it wasn't till He opened their eyes that they saw who He was. And I think we are to be patient with people at times. We can't open their eyes. We can't force them to see. We can share Christ with them. And we can pray that that Spirit would open their eyes that they could see. And I think, even if I go back to what I was talking about, how I think that it is that Christ uses us or someone... In our lives, to, if I say, fill this walk of Jesus with these two as they're walking along. Many times, if someone comes, it's later on that we realize that was Christ with that person that was orchestrating this. He moved that person to come and share with me, come and encourage me. Because he loves me, that was Christ in that heart that shared those thoughts, those words, that message. And when it happens, let us give glory to God. But we see that it it caused action, even in this, these men. It said that same hour they rose up and returned to Jerusalem and talked and found the 11 gathered together and them that were with them. I think that is how it is, even with us. God wants us to, to be in fellowship with His children. He wants it that this would be, because that is where He is found. And it is those matters of the heart and of faith and of eternity that are most important. And these guys, they told those disciples, it says, they told what things were done in the way and how he was known in the breaking of bread. We know at, in communion, we take that bread. And we say, Receive ye the body of Christ. And we understand that this word, spiritually, is Christ. And in breaking it, it means that we would look into it and that that spirit would open it to us and allow us to get sustenance for that undying portion. That is what it is speaking of in the breaking of bread. And that is what reveals Christ. It reveals Christ's to the heart. <clears throat> and it reveals Christ. If I say to our stomach. That we would be fed. That we would be sustained. And encouraged. And given food. That we would have strength. That we can walk. As children of God. I read. I think it was yesterday. In, I think it's the first epistle of John. I may return to it here. I think it's the first verse at the end of the second chapter of First John. <coughs> yeah, it says, "Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God." What? an amazing thing if we can even get a glimpse of what God is compared to us. And how much God loves us that he could he set it up. It says even before the foundation of the world he set up that we could call ourselves his children. We could be called the sons of God. Not because of our goodness not because we were so obedient not because we'd ever sinned not because we've lived such a good life. But just simply because he loved us. And here we see. That. Another. And it, it's almost can be passed over. But it shows. The love that God has for his children. And in this case. In, with Peter. Um and I read this and it says and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them saying the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon so those eleven those who were with him they already had that message and Jesus had cared for Peter so much that he had appeared to him we know that Peter had denied him that he had it says he went and wept bitterly It had obviously weighed on his heart but he had turned to where Christ could be found, and Christ was found by him. And I think that it is the same with us. Let us turn to where God is found, where Christ is found. And he said, he will be found of us. Said, and then he thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Mm-mm-mm. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. I think that there are many things that can come and claim to be Christ. But if we read here and we read in the other gospels and we read when Christ appeared. That is what he wished for them first and foremost that they would have peace in their hearts. And we speak of that peace of a good conscience. Why? Because he accomplished it for us. That we could have it. And yes, it is a thing that I'm sure if it was we, we would be troubled. And aren't we still troubled today? Yes, we know that the spirit of God dwells in our heart. But if we look at what Christ is and God is, we can be troubled at times. That do you really know what I am? He does. He loves us and he sent Christ to cover what we are. That we can be seen as perfect. And we can have that peace. He says, behold my hands and my feet. That I am myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. He gave them what they needed. That they could believe. And I think it is still the same today. If we are truly looking for Christ, he will give what we need that we can believe. It says and he, he ate with them. And I don't, he says that a spirit hath not flesh and bones as they see that he has. And I don't understand it, but I do understand that it is part of what we even say in the creed. The resurrection of the body. There wasn't a natural body that was laying there in the sepulchre and this was some other body. It was changed. That natural body was changed and resurrected and brought to spiritual life. And it was obviously different than ours because it says that he could walk through the wall and yet he could eat something. And it's beyond me. But we can know it is so. And it is. the Bible tells us that that is what we have to look forward to. This natural body would be changed into a spiritual, I don't know, another body that is perfect. And won't cause us the problems that this one does. And in a place where there is no sin. And this was all accomplished for us by this Savior. And it was accomplished as we remember here at Easter time. And we can believe it. And he says that all this was accomplished for one reason. All that was written down in the Bible about him was accomplished for one thing. And I think it is good for us to remember that. that this, If we are sharing with someone, and if we are speaking to someone, preaching someplace, or if we were just sharing with a friend, or a neighbor, or an acquaintance, that this would be the foundation essence of the message where christ says thus it is written and thus it behooved christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day all this happened why that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at jerusalem and ye are witnesses of these things these people they had witnessed that And Christ tells them, go and tell the world, beginning right here in Jerusalem. What a sad existence it would be if there was no place of repentance that could be found. And there was no forgiveness (coughs) for the sin that we are. Christ accomplished that and that is what we are to share with others. That this is available for you. Because the word of God tells us that it is. And because I have experienced it for my own heart. And know that it is true. We are witnesses of that as Christians. We have experienced that forgiveness. We have experienced that change. And how it is that the spirit of God can dwell in a heart. And we aren't to, as that one man says. in the one place. For he's given that one talent, cover it up and hide it. We aren't to hide it in ourselves. We're to share that message with others. If we hide it, it's not good. And we would think, sometimes in our natural reasoning, that if you have something really valuable, you'll keep it close and not show it around. It shows how different things of value to God are than of people. What is more valuable than salvation, peace of a good conscience, the spirit of God dwelling in a heart. And yet we are to share that message with others. We are to share what is in our heart with others. And we can do it with confidence because these things happened. And that is why they happened. And that is why we celebrate this time at Easter. And why we remember this and he tells them to tarry at Jerusalem till the, they are endued with power on high and we can read into the Acts and it is remembered about Pentecost that that happened it wasn't that they weren't given the spirit of God but they were given it in power and yes someone maybe has come into faith and the spirit of God dwells there And sometimes the Spirit seems to come with power right quickly. And sometimes there's a period of time before it does. That's in God's hands. And we can trust it. But, let us share that message of what Christ has done. And what he accomplished on the cross. And in accomplishing on it, the cross accomplishes in our hearts. And when we know that, and when someone hears that message, I'm sure there will be much the same as these disciples here, where it says, they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. There are things in our life that are fun and can bring us joy, but there is nothing that can bring joy to a heart. As that peace with God, that peace of a good conscience and faith That Christ is my Savior. And it is for me. Let us believe that. And trust it. From now till the day that we pass from this life to the next. That we are a child of God. Because of what Jesus accomplished on that cross. In Jesus name. Amen. Shall we humble our hearts and receive the benediction? May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May the Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <coughs> Should we close at 95? <laughs> Is there anybody who's able to have Bible
1: study on Thursday evening? Yeah. Bible study at Thursday evening? Thank you both. All right.